0: Today we're going to talk about unity and what's the big deal. You know, it's a little bit of a serious message, but out of this seriousness is going to come joy because we know when we hear the word it feeds us. You know, Jesus even said, you, you have, you don't understand the food that I have. And it's because he ministered out of the heart of God. When we hear the word of God, it ministers, it feeds us, it transforms us. And, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, you all can believe what you want and we're just all good together. And, uh, but that's really not true for us as believers. We don't have the flexibility to believe what we want. There is no room to add to or pick through the Bible and say, ah, yeah, that part I'm going to skip because it doesn't make me feel good, because I don't actually like what it says, because I was taught that something else is true, or because I don't understand it. You know, our option is not to choose what we want to believe. Our option, according to the word of God, is to choose what God says and believe what he says to us through his word, because that is the only way we understand what real unity is. And real unity is found by way of the Holy Spirit. Not by the way of our minds. Not by the way of our emotions. Not by the way of our opinions. That is not unity. That's club mentality. And we don't belong to a club. We belong to a family. And we belong to a family that has a living, breathing word For us to live from. And, you know, there are things in the word that I've read that I I don't have an understanding of. Or I've got bits and pieces and I don't know how to put it together. But it doesn't mean I don't believe it. I might not be able to articulate it. But what it means is the word is the word. And the word lives and it transforms us. And there is nothing else but the word. Okay, well, that's the introduction, okay, because, you know, we tend to edit what we're not comfortable with, so we just edit that part out, so we're going to look at a couple of scriptures, Acts 2, 1 is the first one, and we're familiar with these scriptures, but we're going to talk about it in terms of being united by the Spirit, Acts 2, 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. And I'm going to stop right there. So what is one accord? We hear it spoken. We hear it talked about. But I, I, I want to read a definition to you. One accord means being unanimous, having mutual consent, being in agreement, having group unity, having one mind and purpose. It says the disciples, and this is just a, a side note that they wrote, the disciples had intellectual intellectual unity, one accord. That means that their minds were in one accord. It says that they had emotional unity. And they had a choice, a will of agreement to be one. That they led in harmony with one another. Now, did it mean they never had a disagreement? No, because we can go through Acts and talk about the disagreement over circumcision and how it was resolved. But it was resolved through reasoning together. It was resolved through seeking the Spirit. It was resolved by coming together and talking through it. And they were able to come up with a consensus of this is what the Lord is speaking to us. That is what true unity is. I will tell you from the articles, uh, I have had some very exciting people testimony, sharing stuff with me, what's happening in their area. It's really exciting. But I've also had some... um, um, not as kind, uh, shared with me. Um, and so, you know, I just put block, delete, you know, because you know what? They're not in my tribe. They're not part of my immediate family that God has put around me. And they have no idea where we've been, what we've done right. to get to where we are. And one person I did actually, uh, we began a little dialogue. He said, What is happening at your church cannot happen without repentance. And he, you know, had a little other piece of information in it. I forget exactly what it was. And I said, um, So we've done that. I mean, I didn't understand what the point was. And he went on to say something else. And I said, you know, there's a 500 word, 500 word article that was written. It was not a book chronicling our life as the gathering and where we've been and what we've done and how God's shown us and the obedience and the disobedience and all of that. It's not a chronicle of our history. It was just a snapshot highlighting the glory of God and bragging on Jesus. That's all it was. So what we understand is there was disunity in that conversation, but there was disunity because there wasn't relationship in order to have understanding with unity. And that's not really the point of all this. But the point is, is that God is calling us to follow his word. He's calling us to follow the people that he's put us in community with. And yes, there is a leader here and there's uh, our pastors here and all those different things. But we are a family together. Yes. And really, we make decisions in our board based on consensus. If it's right by the Spirit and it's right by us, then we move forward. We don't make decisions based on three of us think it's good and one of us doesn't, so we're just going to move forward. We don't move forward until we feel the breath of the Spirit blowing on where we're going. And for, for the body of Christ, we have to learn how to move forward in the spirit, not in our minds, not in our emotions, uh, but we have to move forward. The spirit lives in us. Right. He leads our spirit. Yeah. The spirit of God is first. Our spirit comes behind it. And then our will, our emotions and our physical bodies follow. That's right. Our mind does not go first our emotions do not go first. Our physical body doesn't go first. It's always spirit to spirit oneness that brings us into unity in mind and emotion and body. Always, always. And it is the Holy Spirit that does it for us. And we all know, and we've all done it, When we've gotten ahead of what we're supposed to do because our mind, our emotion, our excitement, our anger, whatever it is, gets us moving. And the spirit's back there going, I'm not with this. I'm not on this. (laughs) Let me reel you back in. But that's why we have a family that grabs a hold of us and says, "Uh, you might want to breathe. Let's just, let's reason together. Let's pray through this. Let's think about this. But without the family, without the ability to encourage one another, there isn't this outbreak of the Holy Spirit to move us into this season, this now time that he has for us. This is a season that we're in where God is pouring out and it may not look like what I think it was going to look like. Absolutely. It doesn't look like I think it was going to look like at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all guys ready? You got another? But uh, it may not look like what we think, but when we're yielded spirit to spirit, yeah. the Holy Spirit is allowed to move the way he wants. And that really is the goal. You know, we can come here and meet every Sunday. We can come meet every night. In fact, someone said, oh, are you guys meeting every night? I'm like, no, we didn't feel like we were supposed to. We just felt like when we meet, we're to make room for God to be. And if he wants us to dance, we're going to dance. If we're going to lay on the floor, we're going to lay on the floor. If we're just going to sit in our chairs, we're going to sit in our chair. There's no agenda for him to try to jump through in order to meet what we need. Our agenda is to prepare, to pray, to declare, to confess the word, and then step back and let the Holy Spirit do what he's going to do. And he does what he does. And we all look at each other. We have our little debrief and we look at each other and we're like, what was that? (laughs) Yeah, I don't really know. Do you know what? I don't know what it was. And uh, I got in the car the other day because naturally, I am a conservative person. I know you might not know that about me with my shirt and everything, but naturally I'm a conservative person. And I was dancing around, and I forgot to turn off my mic, so I'm singing with the worship team. And I told Miguel and Rita, I'm very sorry. I, I, that may not be my gift. Uh, but I told Chuck, I said, who was that? He's like, I don't know. I haven't met her before. <laughs> but you know what? When the Holy Spirit decides he's going to move, Our job is we're going to move with him or we're going to move out of the way. And that's why I told everybody, we're all going to dance. Because if the Holy Spirit's going to say we're going to dance, we're going to dance. And I don't care whether you can dance or not. We're still going to dance. Because if we don't activate what the Holy Spirit has spoken to us, then nothing will happen. If the Holy Spirit says go and we say no, then nothing's going to happen. If the Holy Spirit says dance and we say no, then that renewed youth, that restoration of youth that he released, it will not happen. It will not happen because we did not activate the yes that the Holy Spirit gave us. Okay, we'll quit there. But in Acts 4.32, we're not going to turn there, but it says that they were of one heart and one mind. They were together and that the people underneath them, okay, The people that followed the disciples, think of this. Okay, look how many people are in this room. Now just think, 3,000 were added in one day. Who's going to herd those cats, right? (laughs) I mean, just think about it. Just think, If 3,000 people come here in one day. They all give their lives to Jesus. Okay, what are we going to do? We're going to read the word. We're going to follow the Holy Spirit. We're going to teach them what unity is. We're going to help them. But when you read it, those 3,000 people came underneath what God was doing. They didn't come in and say, well, I heard this and I heard that and I watched this and I see this. They didn't do that. They came underneath the leading of the Holy Spirit through the disciples. They found the ones who would not sacrifice the word for what their own agenda was so they could come up underneath it and encounter the fullness of God that he had for them in that season. That is us. That is what God is calling us to do. He's saying, come up underneath the word. Everything else that does not align with the word needs to be kicked out. It need, we need deliverance from it. We need deliverance from it. And he can do that in a minute. I'm going to read this little, um, thing out of uh uh leonard ravenhill it's called when revival tarries and it's a it's just an interesting thought you know i always have these little books that i'm pondering through but it says uh, my reader because the church has lost the holy ghost fire men go to hellfire we need a vision of a holy god God is essentially holy. The cherubim and the seraphim are not crying, omnipotent, omnipotent is our God. They are crying, holy. Holy, holy. The vast Hebrew concept needs to penetrate our souls again. That God is holy. God is holy. God is holy. And that has to be the cry of our heart. We serve a holy God with a holy word that transforms us. And if someone says the word doesn't transform me, I had someone say, I love the worship, but I don't like the preaching. They told me. I'm like, that's okay. You know what? I don't get offended anymore. I'm like, well, whatever. But you know what? If the word can't transform you, right. then you need deliverance from the hardness of your heart Toward the word of God. And you know, that hardness may not have come out of a mental choice. It may have come through an injury, a wounding, a misunderstanding that keeps you from the word of God Amen. that gives you the very life that you need. Um, Karen sent me something this morning. It says, When we hear the word church, we often think of a building with a cross and a clergy, but Jesus' ecclesia. Now, listen to this, because this is every one of you watching online, our web church, everyone's sitting here. But Jesus's ecclesia is his weapon. Yeah. We are God's weapon to carry his power and his presence to change the spiritual climate over our lives, over our city, over our nation. That's, right. That's who we are. That is who we are, but we got to get united with yeah. the word. We got to get united with the body. We, yeah. we have got to say, you know, the, the body of Christ may not be perfect, but they are my family. And I'm going to get up underneath that family and I'm going to run with them toward the mission that God has called me to, to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, to transform, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to cleanse the leopards, and to preach the gospel of God. Amen? Amen. We we have to understand that this uh, cafeteria word the cafeteria church where we pick and choose what we want to believe is about to be destroyed. That's right. Amen. It's about to be destroyed yes, Lord. because we can't pick and choose the word of God. That's, right. That's like saying, Jesus, I want your healing, but I don't want your blood. Jesus, I want your sacrifice, but I don't want to engage with you. Jesus, I want all the good parts, but I'm not willing to give all of my parts. I mean, we there has, I can feel it. I know that there's a shift in the body. Yes. That people are like, I don't want the stuff that's not right. That's right. All I want is Jesus. And if there's something not right, then I want it out. Yes. Because when that comes out, that means there's room for the truth to come in. And without the truth... We can't move in the fullness that God has for us. And all of us have had mixed theology. We, I mean, we've all gotten taught stuff, you know, but... God has his own way to detox us from the lies that we've believed or even from the things that we thought were true that as we've grown up and matured in the spirit, we've realized that we didn't quite understand that we did not have that quite right. But our call is not for a doctrinal debate. Our call is for the truth and the word of God and what it stands for. And people who want to debate with you, and it doesn't mean that there's not apologetics. And um, I told my girls this weekend when we were doing our um, intensive, there were a couple of disclaimers. I said, I quit doing disclaimers. <laughs> I used to have disclaimers for everything. But you know what? I'm not going to disclaim anything. You know, if you got a question, ask me. But, but the, the point I'm making is there are things that we've all learned that isn't correct. But Jesus is our detoxifier. We don't need lemon and water in the morning. We need the Bible. We need the word. And we need the presence of God to show us the truth. We need to get up underneath someone we can follow that will help us contend for the fullness that God has for us. And that really is the only way that revival break out. You know, we can have a move of God and not sustain it. And we've seen it. But the sustaining of the move of God is falling under the desperation of who he is. I'm not after what he's going to do, but I do love it. I mean, I'm going to tell you, there's no lie about that. You know, I do love the move of God. I love it when he does things that just surprise me. I love it when he talks to me while I'm trying to worship and says, oh, we're going to pray for Gabriella today. I'm like, okay, she'll appreciate that. You know, I love it when he says, this is what we're going to do. Oh, there's going to be healing releases. I love it. But that is the byproduct of the one God who loves us. Yes. And it is out of the one God relationship. Spirit, spirit first. Everything else follows up underneath it. It's out of that relationship that we can sustain yeah. a movement of God that he wants. Not that we want, that he wants. I remember uh, reading a book by Stephen Hill, um, and he's he's gone to heaven since then. But he wrote a book, kind of uh, an analysis of the Brown... I think it was Brownsville where it was, Brownsville Revival. And he said, you know, we were so um, um, passionate about evangelism and getting people saved, there was a wave of healing that started coming up underneath it that we didn't want because of our passion for the evangelism and getting people saved. Instead of both and, we kind of leaned more into one and didn't quite steward the other in fully. And, you know, you learn things as you look back and you all communicate and talk about it. But but what I I, I remembered that and um, I met him one time out in Kansas City. But anyhow, And I remembered him saying that. And I remember when I read it, I remember thinking, God, teach me how not to do that. Because we learn from where from where we've been in order for us to expand where we're going to go. Teach me, God, how not to do that. So I want to talk about a couple of other things, and then we're going to close. I I want us to have a little prayer time. Uh, I want us to move to um, Ephesians 4, 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, the prisoner of of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, there is one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope in your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all of you. There is one. There is one. And we will move in a greater um, power of God when we understand that unity comes from one spirit and following the Holy Spirit and being in a place where you can come up under with other believers and go after the full word of the gospel. It is the full word of God that we go after from Exodus to revelations. It's all we don't get rid of the old Testament because we think we're in new Testament times. We don't get rid of the new Testament because we like the old one better. It is all and all and all of it speaks to where we are now. Everything's relevant to where we are now because it displays the heart of God for where He is with us in this season. He gives us a greater understanding of what the Word is by the Spirit, through our spirit, in unity with the body. Amen? Amen. 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 Uh, I I want us to do one thing, and I really want us to press into this because Galatians says that we are to walk in the Spirit. And I want us to have a time of just asking the Lord Just search your heart. It's really a time of repentance. Just search your heart. God, have I fallen out of alignment in walking with you in the Spirit? And is there any place where I have allowed hurt in there to keep me from receiving all that you have? Just ask the Holy Spirit that. And if there is, just repent from it right now. And Father, we know that you are quick to show us when we ask. And what you've shown us, Lord, uh, there's just a full repentance of that in Jesus' name, that you will forgive us for where we have uh, gotten distracted, gotten off kilter, gotten out of alignment, or even uh, stepped back from the calling that you have for us, God. And so, Lord, we just thank you that it is by. The blood of Jesus, that we are forgiven. It is it is by the passion of your heart that you extend your grace and mercy over us. And when that forgiveness happens, there is a, a whole uh, renewed part in us, because we are free from uh, the thing that is holding us back. So God, we just thank you for that, and we love and adore you, Jesus. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And I just want to release, um, we're just going to pray, just close your eyes, put your hands out in front of you. Um, And I just want to release this holy uh, fear, this holy fire of the Lord. And I've done this before, but I feel like this is such a, a tangible word right now that God wants to release over his people. And we've cleared the way to receive this. So Lord, we just thank you for uh, just stirring up that holy fear of you, that awe, that wonder inside of us, that that you, God, are the one that we cry holy, holy, holy to. You are a holy God. You are a Creator God. You are pure and a holy God. We just thank you that that uh, really we tremble at the wonder. And the majesty of who you are, God. We want that awe, that reverence, that awe, that really that fear, that awesome fear of the Lord, to burst inside of us, to be restored and renewed in us, Lord. And even as we go, Lord, just just teach us, grow us, show us. Um, The beauty of your holiness, Lord. And even in those places where we have cleared out, God, I just want to release a holy fire. A holy fire in each of us, that we will fan yeah. this flame, that we will stir this fire in us. That, that Lord, the word will be like the the uh, the uh, the paper we used to wad up and throw in the bonfires to get it started. That the word is our bonfire. It is our it is our uh, accelerator. It is what creates this uh, holy fire from head to toe, from finger to finger, that everything within us is is just full of the flames of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We we want the more of you, God, and we we want that spirit-to-spirit oneness where we only hear the call of your voice and our mind and our body and our emotions follow up underneath it. So God, we just thank you for releasing this um, understanding that there's one body, there's one God, there's one Father, there's one baptism, there's one fire, our holy fire that we go after. Any profane fire has to die in the name of Jesus. And God, we just thank you that that's what we go after and show us in this time of outpouring, in this time that you you were displaying yourself in ways and wonders that we don't always understand. God, help us to come up underneath that and steward what you have given us in this season. And God, we're just asking that it will multiply, expand and stretch in our city, in our region, in our, in Florida. And um, we know that we are the, we are the match for the nation so that our nation will be on fire for you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today.